Hey, everyone. It's your man, Uncle Dub. This is episode 55 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. So today I'm doing something a little different, and I'm actually having a moment here that is uh, special for me and special for the podcast. So this is our first guest today. Um, we're going to talk about the impact of COVID in sports. So this is something I've really been talking a lot about in many of my episodes, but today I kind of have the ability to talk about that. My guest today is Dr. Jeff Freilich. I'll have him introduce himself. Uh, so how are you doing, Dr. Freilich? Uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. How are you? Yeah, hey, um, I'm kind of uh, honored to be the, the very first guest. That's not something I was expecting. Um, yeah, so I'm Jeff. I'm a ER doc here in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, you know, I, I kind of have a side gig in that I work with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, doing kind of spectator, uh, spectator medicine. Um, and I'm actually working with the, the Ravens on a couple of other projects that uh, COVID has kind of subverted a little bit. But um, yeah, glad to talk about, glad to talk about this. This has obviously like been such a huge thing on all of our lives. And, you know, in addition to being a doc, I'm a huge sports fan. And, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like this has been the thing that's affected my life more than anything else. Um, <laughs> you know, like Very being true. in the ER, the ER is always open. And so, you know, my, my wife's an ER nurse and she, uh, she goes to work, I go to work, like our lives haven't really changed a whole lot, but man, sports, things, things done changed. So, for, well, first of all, I didn't mean to catch you off guard. Yes, you are the first guest. And so in my head, I'm thinking, um, I, I feel like I need to, at some point, uh, provide you with some sort of, hey, you're the first guest gift. Um, I, I'll have to keep in mind if I create some uh, some uh, merchandise for the uh, for the podcast, I will definitely make sure that you get first pick and obviously gratis, of course. But I really appreciate you. Uh, coming on the show, you know, being our first guest. Now, I do have a question because you you just said you're a big sports fan. And if I recall correctly, you are a big Mets fan yep. and Jets as well. Yep. I, I suffer equally um, loving, loving the Mets and loving the Jets. Uh, you know, it's we're put on the earth to toil, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's you're absolutely right. But my question is how has it been now? This is a surprise. I didn't, I didn't know you were working with the Ravens. So how has that been knowing that you're a Jets fan? I mean, has that kind of been a little weird? You know, it, it, it has been. And and I mean, I don't want to practice sports bigamy, but, you know, I've kind of <laughs> I, I adopted the Ravens a little bit as like my second team. And, uh, you know, I've been been working with them. I, you know, I, I cheer for the Jets. I went to a Jets Ravens game back when we were still able to go to games. And, um, you know, I wore my, my Jets starter jacket there proudly. Um, but you know, when, when the Ravens and the Jets are not head to head, I definitely wish them well. Um, it's been exciting seeing Lamar come up and, uh, you know, win the MVP and, um, it, it, it's funny, my boss who also runs, the things with with the Ravens and and with you know our group working there um, put me in on a conference call with Coach Harbaugh 
um, just as a special like thank you to all the big Ravens fans who are in healthcare. And uh, I, I kind of felt a little bad probably taking a uh, taking a spot <laughs> from somebody else who was a legit Ravens fan. But, uh, you know, it was still cool to meet Coach and, uh, you know, talk about stuff with him. That's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, well, the, the thing about that, you know, the, the kind of the whole your love for the Jets and the Mets, we'll kind of take that. We'll put a pin in that. We'll kind of come back to that because I do have some questions. I mean, although, you know, we are here to talk about kind of a more serious topic, I do want to at the end kind of, you know, kind of get your feel on, you know, where things <laughs> are with your teams. I, I mean, no, I mean, because I kind of like, you know, I, I don't like I watch I don't watch as much baseball as I used to. I do kind of keep up now. The NFL, I, I I'm kind of a. Uh, I'm, I'm a kind of a distant fan at this point in time, but, you know, right. I kind of want to get your feel considering that, you know, there has been some turmoil in the Mets organization, of course, Just a little well, bit. you know, the Jets, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, all too well what's happening there. Yeah. Um, so here's my first question. My first question is simply this. It's, it will start here. We're in a pandemic. Should we even be playing sports in a pandemic? Should, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a good question. I, I think that's one that, you know, the leagues kind of had to sit back and kind of take inventory of at, at the very start. I mean, I remember when COVID first started happening and, um, you know, the dominoes started to fall. And then, I, you know, I remember very specifically the day that the NCAA tournament got canceled. And I was like, oh man, like, that seems to be like, seems to be a little draconian for them to be doing that already. And then, and then things just evolved. And, um, and then it, in, in retrospect, it was a fantastic move um, by the leagues to, to kind of shut things down at, at least for the start and to kind of get their bearings bef before doing anything else further. And uh I, I think there definitely is a role for sports. Um, I think each of the major leagues have kind of showed that there's a different way to go about it. Um, and, and they've all had their, their ups and their downs. I mean, they, the NFL, the NFL has, has had a lot of success. Um, I, I mean, there've been some positive tests in the NFL. Um, and I, and I think they got a running start with things more than, than any other league has, has done, but I mean, I think the, the easy answer is, is yes, there's absolutely a role for sports. Um, I just think it needed to be done responsibly. And I, I think the leagues have actually done a really good job at it, each kind of assessing their needs and figure thing, figuring things out and, uh, and going about it in, in ways that they're going to be able to implement within their own structure. You know, the NFL is not the NBA is not major league baseball. And, uh, you know, for, for the lumps along the way, I think, I think they've all been really successful, um, thus far. And, and I think, you know, where we stand, I, I, right now, um, I think things are going to continue to get better. And I think there's absolutely, um, um, a role for sports in, in the pandemic. Okay. Because, and, and I liked your point about how, you know, every uh, sport league is different because, you know, 
and I remember that day when the NCAA, you know, NCAA tournament got canceled. I mean, well, the conference tournaments got canceled and then NCAA followed and and NBA, so on and so forth. But I mean, when it happened, I just, it, it was so weird. It was so surreal when it happened. And then the NBA came back and they did the bubble. And I thought the bubble, you know, from a sporting standpoint, the bubble was just so great because the basketball was just so pure to me. Yeah, um, but with your role with the Ravens, um, how much, you know, since you kind of have the insider view, and I think that adds a layer to this conversation, because you have the insider view, um, how much are the Ravens, and maybe if you have the, an idea of how other NFL teams are doing it, these professional teams, how much are they aligning themselves, say, with either local health departments and what they're doing, or maybe they're working higher, maybe going to the CDC, looking at CDC guidelines, or are they kind of looking across the spectrum to know what their lane is as they're trying to, you know, work successfully, practice, uh, keep everyone safe, and then play games on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is yes. Um, you know, the the... <laughs> The, they they kind of have to play ball with everybody, right? Like Larry Hogan passed rules for the state of Maryland and those rules for the state of Maryland apply even to large organizations such as the Ravens. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that the, the NFL as a whole is conferencing with the CDC and, you know, they're chatting with Dr. Fauci and, um kind of kind of taking the long game with that but understanding that practically like day to day um that they that they have to still abide abide by the rules locally i I mean if there's a if there's a law that says you know you can only have so many people in a certain spot in baltimore city you know the raven stadium is in baltimore city they have to play by those rules and i i can tell you that if they were to kind of find a way to circumvent those rules, the city, I mean, the people in the city would be up in arms because, mm-hmm. y- you know, I, I think there's a, a sentiment, at least locally and probably nationwide, that that big corporations don't get a free pass. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people are people are having to change their lives and, and, you know, big corporations like the NFL need to do what they need to do to, to do the right thing and to play by the rules. The, but the and 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 that and you're you're absolutely right I, I like that that answer because like I said yes <laughs> um but the one big thing I see is that there's so much like federal laws are federal laws but then as you're saying like uh if you play if you go down like the Super Bowl the Super Bowl is just in Tampa okay there were however many fans in the stands but if the Super Bowl were say in California it would be completely different. In other words, we're seeing so many inconsistencies among states in general. And I guess my my thought or my question, maybe I'm trying to formulate a thought into a question, but you know, how does that kind of play into this whole problem of, you know, we're trying to, I think the issue here is trying to reduce transmission. How does that kind of fall into the idea of trying to reduce transmission if this state's doing one thing while this state's doing something else. I mean, everyone's trying to play by the rules within their state, but everyone's doing things differently. I mean, where do we start to come together on this? And then maybe that's kind of where we're at with this new administration. 
I, I mean, it, it certainly adds a level of complexity. And with some of the major sports leagues, you, you don't even have to say state, you can say country, right? Because mm. you've got the Toronto Blue Jays that, that play in Canada. You've got the Raptors that play in Canada. And, and that has been a huge, um, a huge difficulty. I mean, the, the, the Blue Jays ended up playing in, what was it, Buffalo? Buffalo, the, yeah. Ra- the Raptors are in, are in Tampa right now yeah. playing, mm-hmm. playing their home games. And so, I, I mean, it adds a level of complexity, right? Because you need to follow the national laws, the national guidelines, and you have to follow the local rules at the same time. And, uh, you know, it, it just, you, you've got, I, I guess this is, I don't know, this is almost like federalism, right? <laughs> where you've got, where you've got right. the big, you've got the big overarching, you know, federal government, you've got the CDC and the way that, the way that things are working that way. And then you've got the states that, that are doing their thing. And, um, I mean, I think the NFL has shown that it was that it was doable, you know, pretty uh, to to one extent or another. Every game in the NFL happened this year, mm-hmm. right? I, I I don't remember if there were any games that were actually outright canceled. I think everything was rescheduled. And yeah, I, I we mean, had like two we had Tuesday afternoon games. You know, for God's sake, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Ravens were involved in one of those. I think they played the Steelers at like noon yes. on a Wednesday. And, yes. um, you know, it was a big rivalry game. And, and it, you know, um, but, but I think it's possible. I, I think it takes some work. It's an added level of complexity, but it's, but it's doable. And, and as we see vaccines rolled out, I think things are only going to get easier. Um, you know, I think things are starting to loosen a little bit. I mean, you know, Larry Hogan uh, last week, week before kind of started to loosen things a little bit, you know, the, the, the states all kind of play by their own rules based, <laughs> based on what the overwhelming feelings of their, uh, their, their electorate is. But, uh, you know, I, I see a future in, in where the, that things are going to jive a little bit better with national standards rather than the state doing that. And, you know, the other state doing that. Um, I, I, I'm optimistic. Oh, okay. So let's put on your policy hat for a minute here. Now I know you're going to love this. So if you were in a position to where you could advise this new administration about you know, some things that we could do to improve, um, you know, our lot in this, like what would be one or two things that you think would possible recommendations that you would make? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think we were pretty darn successful back in the spring of 2020. You know, the MLB kicked off and they kind of had a quasi bubble. It wasn't a real bubble. Um, but MLB, you know, had their ups and downs and, and, you know, the season didn't quite start on time and, uh, and it was, it was a shortened season, but, but it happened. And I, I think, you know, I think by no means are we in an all clear sort of situation, even, even as we're starting to vaccinate folks. But I, I think, I think to each, to, to some extent, each, each sport has kind of found their thing that works for them. Um, 
and and things are always in flux, right? The NHL had a bubble, the uh, the NBA has a bubble, and, and they're relaxing those bubbles to you know to different to different extents and different consequences. But um, you know, I I I think we're still way too early to talk about having. Um, normal stand normal fans in the stands and um you know that nfl demonstrated that you could probably have a limited quantity of fans in the stands they did that in the the world series as well and um as far as i can tell those weren't any kind of super spreader events and um even though that nfl happened uh, you know the super bowl happened in florida um i think i think from a policy standpoint i think we we continue to have guarded optimism i think that that we should we should just take this slowly um you know it it's it's going to be hard because i know that the leagues are to some extent or another they're hemorrhaging money right mm-hmm. um i i read something last week that the nfl lost four billion dollars um over the course of the past season by not being able to have uh fans in the stands and not having the concession money, not having the parking money, you know, not having any of that stuff. But, um, you know, but I bet, I bet despite that, that the, the NFL still was largely profitable. You know, their TV, their TV deals are huge. Um, they're having to suffer a little bit the way that we all are. And, and I think they, you know, I think, I guess, my policy recommendation is to stay the course, to let's keep doing what we're doing and um, to, to gradually ease back into normalcy. And, and I'm optimistic that normalcy is coming sooner than later. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. You also can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so that's a nice segue to my next question. It's kind of, this is kind of like probably my, my last question, but let's go ahead and talk about this now. So back to normal we'll just see the air quotes like what are we talking maybe three to four years maybe less maybe more like I mean just you know what based on you know your your thoughts and your feelings and what you're saying you know what what are you thinking yeah I I mean I, I mean I think some of it largely has to deal with how quickly um we can produce the vaccine um how quickly we can get the vaccine out to people and um, how effective the vaccine is and how, how much people are willing to, to take the vaccine, right? Um, we're, seeing, we're seeing things that are suggesting that at least in the short term, the vaccine is upwards of 95% per, uh, protective, which is, which is amazing um, if, if it's true. Um, I mean, the CDC said something yesterday, day before, it may not have been the CDC, it may have been Dr. Fauci uh, himself, but, 
but basically saying that he's seeing a world where people that are vaccinated can can start a go start going back to living their lives similarly to the way they did before the pandemic and that's that's pretty powerful um you know here here in maryland i think we're in the 1c recommendation um and i i know i i actually one of the things i've been doing is volunteering um in, in some of the vaccination clinics and so i've been i've been you know poking people left and right um but part of what we're dealing with is is an actual shortage of the physical vaccine um and, and so you know we've been we've been told that help is on the way and that uh you know, that, that more vaccine, whether, whether it be, we're, we're using primarily the Pfizer vaccine, but I know the Moderna vaccine is coming. Um, Johnson and Johnson is um, asking for uh, approval on the emergency use authorization of their vaccine. So, um, you know, we'll see different players kind of starting to come in and, and, but that's really where it comes down to, you know, can we get a large percent of the percentage of this country vaccinated by summertime, um, and if, and if we do, I, uh, I I'm optimistic that we could probably see fifty percent um, attendance in the stands come next NFL season. Um, I don't think that that's unheard of. I think that that true normalcy um, is yeah, as you said, it's probably a couple of years away. Um, and I, I think that the new normal may not be the same as the old normal. Um, I, I think that masks are probably here to stay, um, at least in the winter months. I mean, we look at things, right? Like I, I have seen maybe two cases of the flu this entire winter, you know, whereas previously I was seeing 10 to 15 a day. Um, the flu is, is, is a non-factor this year. Um, and that's largely because masks, it's, it's proof that masks work. And, uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised in, in, in the near future that, that the new normal includes masks in the wintertime. It includes masks at sporting events. Um, I, I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised to see that, that even, even when things are better, that, that masks are required at, at all sporting events. Um, but I think I, I, I'm optimistic. I think I think normal is normal is closer than we than we think. Okay, good. Um, so kind of again, it's kind of in the same vein here. So you said that you know maybe we get fifty percent come fall because again you know right now you know MLB is looking like they're going to ramp up. They're going to play on schedule unless you know the numbers start to creep back up. Uh, we have, you know, the NBA, they're playing, you know, again, some arenas are partially full, some arenas are empty, but, you know, the NBA has a framework for um, how they want to proceed. So, so does MLB, as a matter of fact, I think MLB is kind in the process of approving last year's framework, just with some modifications. Um, I don't know about MLS or, or any, or the NHL, but based upon what these sports leagues have done. So again, we think, so you're thinking, you know, a couple of years, um, we're back to quote normal, but at the same time, we can get some people back in the stands for the fall. But as far as sports in general, as we move forward from this point in the spring 
through the summer to the fall, if all these things happen in the way that you are kind of laying out, I mean, you know, sports, what, how does sports look? Does sports start to feel and look like, like itself again? Because again, you know, you're watching it, you're watching a basketball game on TV and you can hear every little sound or, you know, you get someplace like, um, you know, I have a, a former student who's a huge Duke fan and she can't go to Cameron this year. And it's just like when you watch a game on camera, you're, uh, on TV, you look at camera, you're going, no, I don't. You might not be a Duke fan, but you can't. But you have to appreciate the fact that when that when that arena is full of the full of those students, it's it's a different it's a different vibe, you know. Yeah, but, it's really you know, uh, it's really changed the concept of home field advantage, right? <laughs> right. I haven't looked at the stats, but but I, I you know I don't know if home field advantage is still home field advantage, right? Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. As at least as we see it right now. I mean, because again, you know, the places that people fear playing, I mean, like think about, again, going back to Duke as an example, you got players who may be playing in ACC for the first time as freshmen or as transfers, they'll go to Cameron and go, what? <laughs> the next time they go, if they're students, they're just going to be like shook. You know, it's going to yeah. be the most bizarre thing ever, you know? So I, yeah, yeah. That home field advantage is, is not as you say it's not as it used to be yeah that's crazy yeah i mean um so so kind of thinking about this you know the way things are going maybe things will get better maybe by 2022 you know maybe from that 50 percent we go to maybe 75 percent. you know maybe it's a, a gradual uh increase over time you know provided that you know not only do folks get vaccinated but of course we're talking about the social distancing, you know, the, the, the mask wearing, you know, just kind of doing what we need to do, you know, kind of isolating when you need to, you know, because yeah, I, I have a feeling that people are looking at this vaccine as, oh, I, I get the vaccine and I can just go do whatever I want. And it's like, you kind of have to be cautious and judicious about the vaccine to start. Uh, but what you said that Dr. Fauci said, that's, I did not hear that. So that sounds very promising uh, considering, you know, kind of what we've been up against all this time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and that's, I, I mean, you and I both know that that's kind of the where the magic of vaccines work is when your vaccination rates are high. And, mm -hmm. you know, when your number of people that are susceptible, because um, because not every vaccine is 100% effective. But mm -hmm. if you've got a, a person who's, you know, 95% that, you know, 95% protected and another person that's 95% protected and then somebody who's potentially susceptible, they all interact, you, you know, things are just simply not going to spread it at, at the rate that they have before, you know, it's not like we're surrounded by this impenetrable, you know, Wakanda force field, but, uh, <laughs> I know, like that. but yeah, I mean, but, but it's funny and, and, and you think about it, right, you watched Infinity War um and at the end of the movie right you had all those all you know all of thanos's people running at the force field at wakanda and eventually the force field got overwhelmed mm -hmm. and you know that's kind of how like like vaccines are with this virus like like sure it's a great protection but but that that force field needs to be you know it needs to be strong it needs to be fortified we need to have high uptake uh, of the vaccine before it's really going to create the public health benefit that we that we want it to. 
That's absolutely. I mean, um, you know, in in this conversation, you know, you have uh, said two things that I hope our listeners are really paying attention to. That number one, as as much as there's been so much mis- misinformation about mask use, you know, your you know your what you've observed with the flu is really really key in understanding that masks are effective. Although you know, I've been hearing the latest um, recommendation that you know you should double mask. But nevertheless, you know, whether you're double masking, single, whatever you're doing, it's effective, it's working, and that's helpful. And the second point is, you know, vaccines work, but all these things, if we can do them efficiently and effectively, you know, for those who are kind of in this, oh, you know, I'm so upset, my life is not the same, you know, if we continue to do these things and do them you know, consistently, you know, we can get back to where we, you know, kind of were, maybe it won't be exactly like it was, but we can get back to a point to where, you know, we can kind of be free to, you know, go out and be social again or, or not social, depending on who you are. Oh, thank you, man. I mean, that was, that was great. I I really appreciate your insight on, on these. And like I said, for you, you know, you're seeing a lot of things close up either, you know, at work or, or volunteering uh, in the, in the community uh, at these vaccination clinics. And, you know, I, you know, I personally thank you you for you know all the things that you're doing for for the community especially the uh, the city of baltimore um so before you go like i said i wanted to ask you uh about you know your your teams and we'll start with the jets so new head coach uh, i mean how how in the world does adam gaze get a second try and he just totally just hits the bed how does this happen oh god man i i I don't, I don't think there was a single person who liked the Adam Gase hire when it happened. I, I mean, the guy, the guy like was basically run out of Miami um, and the Jets were there being like, oh yeah, this is our guy. Like Peyton Manning says he's cool. And uh, God, man, he has been nothing but a disappointment. Um, and, and quite frankly, the, I I blame Adam Gase for ruining, you know, at least the first three years of Sam Darnold's career. Mm. Um, I also, I, I mean, the Jets, the Jets were also blessed, if that's the word you want to use, um, with having the world's crappiest run of general managers as well, who just, you know, blew draft after draft, after draft, after draft. And, um, you know, I, I think the Jets have the right guys um, now in terms of uh, personnel. I, I think um, I think Robert Saleh is is going to be a fantastic coach. But you know everybody is optimistic about their new head coach. Um, I think Joe Douglas is. Uh, I, I think he's a guy who. Um, is not swayed by the whims of the media and the whims of the fans uh, in, in a way that is, is going to allow him to be successful. Um, I, I think he's, he was kind of raised in that, in that Baltimore, you know, drafting philosophy where you, where you just get as much talent as you can. And if you develop talented teams, the wins will come. Um I Jets fans are notorious for being ever optimistic and then cursing the team the way, you know, the day that 
the day that the season starts. You know, I think we were optimistic about Mark Sanchez. We were optimistic about Tim Tebow. You know, we're we're always always optimistic, and then you know, and then you get to like November, and they're <laughs> they're like zero and six, and you're like, God, why the hell do I even follow these guys? But um, I I don't know. They got they got two first round draft picks this year. They got two first round draft picks next year. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that are hoping that Deshaun Watson will become available and they can make a trade for him. I, I think he's a, an amazing talent, but I don't, I, I don't know if the price is too high to get him. Um, I, I, I think, I think what they should do is, is what, the what the Ravens have done and, and just amass talent and amass depth. And I, I don't know. They're sitting there at number two and um, you know, there's questions. Should they, should they draft a quarterback and, and send Sam Darnold packing? I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I think Sam Darnold's too much of a talent to not give him one last shot with some talent around him. But uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an ever, ever Jets fan, you know, I'm going to, going to be optimistic until, until October, November come. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. It's like it's great that Jets fans have this optimism. But the other thing that it sounds like you all have is hopefully patience, because, I mean, that seems to be the one thing that's missing from any fan base, whether you're college or professional. You know, a new coach comes in and people want, you know, especially if it's a coach who maybe has proven a proven track record or even somebody who's maybe like Saleh, who's, you know, he's defensive coordinator. He's gotten, he's had success as a coordinator. Here's his first head coaching job. People are really thinking, you know, he's, he can come through. He's gotten, you know, a lot of accolades, but the question is, you know, will the fan base be patient enough, you know, if the right decisions are made to, as you say, to develop that talent, I think that's always the key. And, and, and we all do it. We're all sports fans. We all are, you know, we want our team to be good now, not three years from now, but it's just one of those things that it's, it's part of the, the growth process. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's hard to preach patience to the, the Jets community. Cause I feel like they've been <laughs> that the last time they were in the playoffs was what, like 2008, 2009, yeah. Um, and, and they, you know, it's, it's hard to say, no, 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 it's cool. You know, give us a couple of years when, you know, they've been the laughing stock of the AFC for the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. you know, they, they traded up from number six to number three to draft Sam Darnold, you know, and that was supposed to be the, the big thing. And it's like, with, with the jets, it's always like, Oh no, 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 wait. Like, like this is, this is when we're going to get our act together. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, then maybe they, they go four and 12, they go six and 10. And I think they went seven and nine one year and almost snuck into the playoffs, you know, cause the rest of people sucked, but like, I, it's, it's hard to preach patience to the jets, but, or to the, to the jets fans. But yeah, I think, I think they got some good folks now and, uh, at least me, I'm willing to be patient. Um, but, but yeah, man, it kind of sucks cheering for him. 
Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard when, uh, trust me, I understand it's hard when your team is not doing well and when they don't do well consistently. I mean, you know, what do you do? I mean, sometimes you just say, well, maybe if I ignore them for a couple of seasons, maybe it'll get better. Or by, by the time I ignore them, maybe they decide to change the coaching staff or the G or whatever. They just make some big change here. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So you mentioned that you like Darnold, that you think, you know, he's a great talent, that they should keep him. So with that number two pick, if you're keeping Darnold, what direction would you go? I, I you know, I, I, I post a bunch on some of the Jet sites and on the athletic Jets page. And, um, you know, I, I fully believe that the Jets should take that number two pick and they should trade down. Um, and I, they should trade, you know, somewhere down, you know, six, eight, 10, you know, in that range where they can still get an elite player um, at a position that's not quarterback. You know, I know there's talk that the, uh, the that the Panthers are trying to move up. Um, I think there's been talk that Washington may try and move up and get a quarterback. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, why? Um, yeah, they have four I mean, quarterbacks on the roster right now. They just signed yeah. Taylor Heineke yesterday. Why? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like Washington fans like understand me as a Jets fan, like because we're in this this ever ever persistent rebuild, and you know at least at least Washington got to taste the playoffs this year, and they got to, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got to see Heineke. Like that guy's pretty good um he's he's like he's at least got some spirit to him and um that defense is 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 legit but I I mean yeah I think that I think the Jets need to trade back I think the Jets just have so many holes that they're not gonna fill them all with drafting like Fields or Wilson or or something I feel like that's the problem that led them to having Sam Darnold in the first place where uh, where they draft this quarterback who's like this chosen one, you know, Sam Donald was an exceedingly highly ranked quarterback prospect. And, you know, they put him, they put him out there behind a terrible offensive line with no receivers. And he just got his ass kicked over and over and over again. And he had injuries. And like, I, I feel like, I feel like if they draft another quarterback now, and they don't dress, they don't address those issues first, like it's going to be doing just the same thing over again. And so I think, you know, if Sam Darnold is not any good, I think, uh, I, I think the Jets are going to be drafting highly again next year. And they're going to have the ability to pick up a, a top quarterback prospect next year too. Right. Like Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect. Like, God, man, why couldn't they have lost a couple more games and gotten him? But, but like the 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 Zach Wilsons and the, the you know the the fields of the world, like those guys are available every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think they just need to build a team first. And 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 the way you build a team is honestly, it's the Bill Belichick way. You trade back and you amass dr- a draft capital and you you know, you just, you, you build a team, you know, that said, if, if they could pride Deshaun Watson from the Texans, like, ah, man, you know, would I trade like three first round draft picks for him? Like maybe that guy is good. 
Right. But but if but I think if I recall correctly, Tom Brady was not. I think he went like the fourth round or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Yeah. So and he and look and here you go. He has seven Super Bowl rings. Come on, you know. Yeah. It, I mean, and they and they always say it's not always the guy that's the first rounders. Usually the guys who are in the later rounds who end up in many cases, you know, being those those Hall of Fame type guys. I mean, not to say there aren't Hall of Fame type guys in those early rounds, but there's a lot of guys who come late and they kill it in the league. Right. Like Pat Mahomes, I think he was like eighth or 10th or whatever um, pick in the first round. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson was in the twenties. Aaron Rodgers fell all the way to the end of the first round. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you, you have a whole bunch of guys that are drafted somewhere, you know, number five to number 10 that have been complete washouts in this league. You know, I think you have your can't miss prospects like Peyton Manning, you know, like Andrew Luck, um, you know, your John Elways and like those guys, like if you have the opportunity to, to, to draft them, then, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred, you do so. And, and some people think Trevor Lawrence is going to be that guy. I, you know, I, maybe, but, but like anything other than that, like you got to build a system that fits him first and you got to build a offensive line that's going to protect him and um you got to build a a a team that's going to win and then you can kind of plug anybody in there I mean Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring you know Eli Manning Eli Manning has just as many Super Bowl rings as Peyton does right Right. so uh, you know it's it's you need to have you need to have a quarterback who you know who can at least give you league average or better uh to win the super bowl but but you don't necessarily need the guy who's the number one or number two pick overall yeah you're absolutely right not necessarily i mean you know you or you can bring in somebody or you can build a team around another position but it's not always quarterback position but again it's all based upon you know what your personnel and your and your needs and like you said you know building you know, building back, you know, trading back and building up. It, it, hey, it, it's worked. It, it's proven to have worked. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, how about this? Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, you know, watching the Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes looked looked a whole lot like Sam Darnold. Um, oh. You know, where he was getting battered by the Pats, uh, the Pats pass rush, and you know, even a guy. Look at here. Look at here. He's no look at here. I mean. Pa- yeah, did I really say Pats? Oh my god! You said it. You said it. I'm just so used to saying that. Um, right. Yeah, he was just getting battered by the Bucks' pass rush, and and that's what Sam Darnold goes through every single game. And so, I, I, you know, it yeah. NFL is a team sport. Yeah. So let's go into a little, hopefully, some happier uh, a, a subject. So the Mets. So, I mean, outside of what's going on in the front office, I mean, how, what do you think? I mean, are they primed for a run this season or or what do they made some, they made some pretty decent acquisitions uh, during the off season. Yeah. The Mets, uh, the Mets, I, I feel like as much misguided optimism as I have about the Jets, like the, the Mets are a factor of 10 higher. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like the Mets have a chance to win the world series every year. Um, I think this year is no different. I think the Dodgers are, are going to be hard to beat. Um, you know, now that they've uh, assembled the greatest starting rotation ever created, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the Mets have a legitimate possi- possibility of being a, a playoff team. Um, the Braves are good within their own division. Um, you know, everybody, everybody sleeps on, on the Marlins every year and, and they, you know, they surprised last year. The Nats are, the Nats are strong. The Phillies are, are, they'll be all right. Um, but the, I mean, the, the, uh, the NL East is going to be a dogfight all year. Um, and you know, the Mets made some good acquisitions, but, but you know, they got to play the games. You know, the Mets were, the Mets were good on paper last year and, and they certainly, certainly didn't meet it. So. Well, um, it's, I've always been, you know, I've, you know, used to watch baseball religiously as a kid and I don't think I ever really knew or, you know, paid attention to how long season was season has gotten progressively longer over these, you know, 30 years or so. And one time my brother and I were talking about baseball and he basically quipped and I love this because he always says that he goes, baseball is basically 162 opportunities to blow the pennant. Seriously. And I go, he's absolutely right, because there are some teams that will play get two games and they're and they're out of the they're out of run, they're out of the contention, period. <laughs> you know, it's just that bad. Yeah, I, I mean I never I never understood. There was there's like this there's this sensation in in the major league. In, in major league baseball, like, like they'll give away games. Like if you're, if it's the last, the last game before of like a road trip before, you know, a homestand, they'll just kind of throw some scrub up there as the starter and, you know, rest a bunch of guys and, and concede a game in like May, June, you know, whatever. And, and those are the games that come back to bite you in August where you're scrapping and clawing for those one or two victories uh come you know come september october and and the mets seem to be particularly adept at giving away those those getaway games you know and uh yeah i'm hoping i i mean i i like their i like the manager luis rojas i i love the the ownership change because i think it really is is they they've got a guy who's a fan first and a businessman second um, and who has more money than God to, to spend on the team. But, uh, you know, yeah, they've had their, their share of scandals lately. huh? Yeah. I mean, I was reading, you know, I talked about one of my episodes about the, the GM. I mean, that was just, I read that story and, and the story kept going on and on and on. And as I'm talking about, I'm going, look, the bottom line is this, he sent this woman text for a good four years. They were all inappropriate then when he was confronted with it, it was like, oh, okay, I did it. Because again, what are you going to say? Here's the evidence. You can't say, oh, that wasn't me or I was drunk, you know? So uh, it was nice. It was very good to see that the owner was extremely like, you know, zero tolerance. You got to go. But he was, he did that when he was with the Cubs, but still Cubs, Mets, it doesn't matter. It, it was just not right. And then I thought there was an issue with, um, uh, one of the coaches, and I thought I read something about that the other day. I can't remember that. That one's a little foggy in my mind. Yeah. So there. So it was uh, Mickey Calloway, their former manager, right. who who had who had done something similarly, um, where he was just kind of kind of making some 
unwanted advances at, at reporters, uh, I believe it was some kind of stadium staff and, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of gross. Like it leaves you with like this, like oily feeling being a fan, you know, it's like, ah, was that really going on with, with the team I cheered for? And like, I, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's a mental, uh, mental thing that I can do to, to make myself feel better, but at least it's a new ownership group. It's a new, you know, none of these guys, none of these guys are doing this in the here and now, you know, and, and I, maybe I can do the mental gymnastics to say like, okay, we're, we're past that. You know, we've got an owner who really, who really does get it um, and who is not going to tolerate this and who is going to be de decisive, you know, when it says time to, to just get rid of these guys and, you know, at, at least until the next scandal, I can live in that little dream world. Um, but uh, you know, I hope, I, I hope this is behind the team. Yeah. Well, we, I hope so. And, um, you know, because again, for them to kind of just, you know, kind of focus on what's going on on the field, definitely. And, you know, I hope that, you know, that whatever happens, you know, hoping that they're going to go out and have a good season because, you know, like I said, 162 games, you know, from April until September is a long time. You know, people get injured, you get trades, all sorts of things happens. And, and that's the thing about baseball. It's, it's fun to watch the opening day, opening day. Then maybe about all-star break, you're trying to, okay, what's going on? And then you'll say, okay, I don't care until like August, late August, September, when it's all come down the wire, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a, it's an ultimate game to like sit and, and do something else too. Right. Like you, you put True. on the game on the TV or you, you know, like sometimes even like, I know the Nats had uh like $5 standing room only tickets, mm -hmm. um, you know, general admission tickets. And when I lived in DC, I would just like go down to, to nationals park and even by myself, like, like I would, uh, I would, I would go and I'd sit and I'd be at the stadium for like a random Tuesday night game. And I'd like do homework in the stadium while just hanging out, drinking a beer, watching, watching baseball. And uh, I, I mean, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better. Like baseball, baseball is the ultimate do something else while it's on in the background game. And uh, I, I think that's why I love it. But yeah. Yeah. well, that's, that's the, that's the ultimate in state induced learning. That's all I got to say. I am very <laughs> impressed with your multitasking skills on that one. man. <laughs> you know, I may, may have spilled some beer on, on a paper that I was, that I was drafting or, you know, whatever, but yeah, you know. Yeah. As long as the paper was a good paper, right. maybe the beer made it a little bit better. So hey, it's <laughs> exactly. all good. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jeff, man, thank you. I appreciate this, man. This is great. I mean, you know, we got a little got a little chance chance to talk about a little sports, but also kind of you know looking at you know where we are in the world of the pandemic. And I really appreciate you taking the time out. And like I said, um, I owe you some merch. <laughs> Don't know if I'm ever going to make merch, but if I make it, I will definitely be sending you something because again, you are the first guest on this podcast and I, and Hey, you can hold, you can put that on your CV. How about that? Right. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. I, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I, 
you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, that merch is going to be valuable someday and I'm going to be able to sell it on eBay when I'm like 50 uh, and, uh, you know, but I expect, I expect nothing less. <laughs> Capitalism, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, but, um, well, just, just want to, I, I know you said it, you said it before and, and I, I just can't, can't not reiterate, man, folks got to go out and get vaccinated as soon as they're possible. Yeah, as soon as they're able to, you know, when your number gets called, like, go and and, and get the shot. It, uh, you know, I'm, I, I got to be honest with people, like, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit uncomfortable with, uh, with the way that it can, it, it can cause some, some minor, but non-zero side effects. Um, but it's, it's totally worth it. Um, you know, the, the side effects are mild. Um, you know, they're very, very limited. The, the real like legitimate bad side effects are, are extremely, extremely, extremely rare. Like the Jets winning the Super Bowl next year, rare. Um, but, uh, you know, the benefits are, are infinite and, um, you know, if we're, if we're going to get back to a, a life that we remember, you know, we got to have as many people possible vaccinated. So, you know, it's been, there's been what, like hundreds of millions of people now that have gotten a vaccine and uh, the, the side effects that are serious are, are really unheard of. So get her done and, uh, you know, do your part for, for public health and for, for getting our, our country back to normal. And that's, and, and with that, I say hashtag PSA, hashtag the good doctor says, and I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sportswagonpod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.